Hello everyone and welcome back to the World Explorer podcast. This is the podcast where normally we take a random prompt and build a world around it, but today we are continuing a world that we had started last week in which we had the AI uh, build a world for us and we just asked it questions to keep fleshing up the world. We have this really cool fantasy one where, uh, to summarize, there's lots of magical people, there's lots of magical schools, and the government is perfect. <laughs> yeah, somehow, <laughs> you know it's a fantasy world when the government is perfect. Exactly. That's, that's, in fact, there is a line somewhere where it says that the government, like, treats everyone equally as in most medieval fantasy worlds, which was very laughable. As you can see here, uh, there's been quite a bit of world building. We spent about an hour on this, and we're not putting in any, like, input, by the way. This is all the AI. We're just asking the AI to elaborate on its own world building and to make its own decisions. Yep. So if you want to see all that we got up to, just watch last week's episode. If you want to jump in right now and be a bit confused, that's fine too. We don't mind. Um, so yeah, we're going to get back to, to building with this guy. Alright, so something that the world, or that the AI mentioned very early on was all of these different species and races and magical creatures that live within the world. And one of them that we wanted to... It barely touched on them, and they're very generic, simple uh, definitions of each one or overviews of each one. So, like, dwarves are short, sturdy, and pragmatic. Dwarves are master craftsmen and miners. So, like, all this very basic... Uh, cliche stuff and so we wanted to take some of these and ask the AI to elaborate on them so first one first one we were going to try and do was goblins and it, it mm -hmm. gives us the initial uh, definition of goblins or the uh, overview of goblins a mischievous and cunning race goblins are known for their expertise in thievery and trickery they live in a sprawling underground warrens where, where they scheme and plot against one another as well as against other races in Eloria, which is the name of this world, Eloria. Despite their reputation as nuisances, goblins are also skilled engineers and can be valuable allies to those who earn their trust. So, generic goblin description. They're chaotic, like what, like chaotic neutral? Uh, I'd if say not chaotic evil. leaning a little more evil because they, because it is talking about how they are uh, either known for their expertise in thievery and trickery and they mm -hmm. scheme and plot against one another as well as other races. Like that sounds to me like villains. I know. I kept, I, I think of uh, the goblin from like a game I used to play uh, where he's really into explosives and blows everything up and we just call him our chaotic neutral guy yeah I can see that if like it's somebody who's not really on if more, more like if you've got your evil guys and you got your good guys and they're just sort of attacking both that's I could see that but goblins uh I mean they might do that but 
in a world I mean, as why don't we perfect just ask as Eoria, they seem like the bad guys. Ask, just ask it. Are the goblins evil? Alright. Goblins are often portrayed as mischievous and cunning creatures that enjoy playing tricks on people. But whether they're evil is a matter of perspective. Some goblins may be hostile towards humans and other races, while others may be more neutral or even friendly. Uh, in some regions, their skilled craftsmen and traders, and their small size and nimble fingers make them well suited for tasks that require precision and dexterity. In other regions, they're seen as nuisances and steal and do property damage. Uh, it's worth noting that not all goblins are the same. Different communities and individuals may have different motivations, values, and beliefs. While some goblins may be hostile or aggressive towards humans, others may be cooperative or even eager to establish possible relationships. Oh. So, maybe uh, there's multiple locations where the different goblins live. Like, are there different societies of goblins? Should we ask that? Sure. Yes. Uh, there are multiple societies. Uh, there are likely to be multiple goblin societies with their own unique creatures, customs, and social structures. The diversity of goblin communities may depend on a variety of factors, including geography, history, and interactions with other races. For example, goblin communities that are located in the mountains or forested regions may have developed distinct skills to and technologies that enable them to survive their environments. Similarly, goblin communities that have long-standing relationships with other races may have developed different social norms and customs based on their experience and interactions. Oh yeah, the presence of magic and not supernatural also shapes it. So they develop unique magical abilities or practices that distinguish them from other races. I'm interested in that, like what magic does goblins have that other races don't? invisibility oh oh okay so oh, they're probably uh, like they've got that illusion magic that we were talking about earlier wait no now it's also listing elemental so it's just all of the magics <laughs> yeah i was supposed to say okay so specifically they have uh invisibility illusion elemental summoning and crafting although it doesn't yeah. say that crafting is a magic it just says they have a talent for crafting magical items such as potions. A lot of these seems like it's more like a specialization than it's like a unique ability. Yeah. Uh, maybe invisibility is probably unique, but illusion, we've already established that illusions is a magic type that anyone can learn. That's already been established. Same with elemental magic. Was um, summoning brought up earlier? Oh, but they can manipulate the elements in ways that other races cannot. What does that mean? Uh, no, summoning was never brought up, I don't think. Okay, so... Uh, what do we want to ask about? Do we want to ask about the elemental or summoning? I mean, both are very good and interesting things I would like to learn about. So I'll let you decide this time. Uh... You know what? Let's do both. Oh, okay. All right. I'm intrigued how you're going to word this question. In what ways can the goblins manipulate the elements and other races cannot? Also... Tell me more about how summoning works. Now let's see what it says. It's like the first time we've asked it two distinct mm. questions in one. It should be able to handle it. I keep forgetting that this isn't AI Dungeons. <laughs> no, this isn't AI Dungeons. This thing actually, you know, can understand what you're typing in. <laughs> this just sounds like basic bending. <laughs> 
yeah all these different manipulation of the elements it's like oh i can create a gust of wind or i can you know make fireballs or they can burn hotter oh, or colder okay so as for summoning uh they can summon and control uh animals spirits or demons uh so it, it takes brings them to their place and then they can exert some form of control over them. It could require a blood sacrifice or other dark magic or negotiation. Overall, it could be a powerful tool. Is there any time where like summoning magic is considered good or is it one of those that's always considered evil? In the world of Valoria, summoning magic is not inherently good or evil. Like any form of magic, it depends on the intentions and actions of the individual using it. While summoning magic can, it can certainly be used for evil purposes, such as summoning demons or other malevolent entities, it can also be used for good. For example, some summoning spells may be used to call forth helpful and benevolent spirits, uh, or to summon animals that can assist with tasks like hunting or tracking. Wait, 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 hold on. So, you can summon an animal to help with hunting or tracking. So, yeah. why not summon the deer? Like, if you're hunting a deer, <gasps> yeah. why no, not no, no, just no, summon no, well, the deer? No. Isaac, Isaac, there are other things you might be hunting or tracking. Okay. Like, a specific person or a specific animal that maybe you're not able to summon. I also like the idea, like, as summoning something, like, needing an animal to communicate with ancestors. Oh, huh. summoning two- oh, you could summon your ancestors. Okay, so you're just pulling people in from the afterlife. Yeah, now we've got ghosts and spirits. That's fun. So demons, though, like, it believes demons are evil, right? Uh, we can ask it. Yeah, I was like, I'm curious if they- or if that- they seem to be suggesting heavily that demons are always evil. But I wonder if, if we ask it, if it'll say, no, some demons are actually good, or there's some nuance to it. Yeah. Okay, so demons are generally considered to be malevolent entities that pose a threat to both humans and other sentient beings. They are often associated with dark magic and negative energy, and their actions and motivations are typically driven by a desire for power, chaos, and destruction. I like the, however, like any sentient beings, demons could have a wide range of motivations and personalities, and some may not necessarily be evil in the traditional sense. Since it is possible that some demons may be more neutral or even be benevolent, though such cases are likely to be rare, and may depend on a, the specific culture or magical context in which they are encountered. So, they are evil, but you know, you get the rare good guy in there, randomly. Okay. Which often seems to be the case for this world, is it's like, most things are good, but occasionally you'll get the bad guy. And when it comes to demons, it's like, most of them are bad, but occasionally you get the good guy. And I just want, uh, I just want the demon to be, I just want somebody to have a demon as a goofy sidekick. You have that one yeah. goofball character, he's the comic relief, is the demon, uh, and he's gonna be your goofball sidekick. Maybe cast out of demon society for not being evil enough. Imagine if you, like, summon a demon and then you get, like, this goofball that they just wanted to get rid of. <laughs> yes, it's like... Oh, how does summoning work on the demon's end, though? Because, like, that is interesting. Okay, we're not world-building this, but if we were... So here's an idea. You summon the demon 
but when you're summoning the demon, uh, it's not just like some random demon, or it's not like you get to choose one, but the demons choose who to send. And the demons are just annoyed by this little goofball guy, and so they send this goofball demon uh, to the human that's or goblin or whatever that summoned him. And now you're just stuck with this. You like you wanted a demonic entity. You wanted a big, mighty, powerful creature to help you in combat or help assassinate somebody. And you got this little guy who just cracks jokes constantly and uh, is afraid to fight. <laughs> yeah, afraid to fight. That'll be an interesting detail. I mean, I'm tr I'm just trying to give like some sort of personality. Uh, to this character that is not a part of this world because we're not allowed to world build. But if we were world building and if we were writing this, that would be an interesting character. It would. Um, I mean, at some point, probably near the end of this, we have to ask it to write us like a, a few paragraph short story based in the world and see what it comes up with. Oh, oh, that. We, yeah, we should do that. We should. You okay, know, so just as a conclusion. Do we want to ask what uh, it's like for the demons when they get summoned? Sure. Let's go there from the demon's perspective. Yeah, because that's not something I really think I've ever heard uh, discussed before in the, any sort of fantasy setting. It's like you've always got summoning, but it's just like, what is that like to the creature that you're summoning? Are they just like playing a game of checkers in this other realm and then all of a sudden they're just jerked out of this realm to go and help with whatever or answer somebody's random question because Google doesn't exist in this world. I mean, we don't know if Google exists or not. We never asked about that. Uh, Probably but, not. Let's but see. You know what? It's I, the AI. It'd be a bit weird if it was. Uh, the experience of being summoned can vary widely for demons depending on the circumstances and intentions of the summoner. Doesn't everything in this world vary widely depending on circumstances and intentions? It does seem that way. In general, when a demon is summoned, it is forcefully pulled from its own realm or dimension and thrust into the summoner's world. This could be a jarring and disorienting experience, particularly if the demon was engaged in its own activities or was otherwise <laughs> unaware of the summoning. So like playing Once summoned, checkers. Yeah, it could be. Once summoned, the demon is usually bound to the will of the summoner and must obey the commands or fulfill the wishes until the binding spell or arrangement is fulfilled. Depending on the nature of the summoning, this may involve performing specific tasks or providing information or may simply entail being in a state of forced servitude until the binding is broken. For the demon, the experience of being summoned is typically unpleasant as it involves being forcibly separated from its own realm and subjected to the will of another being. However, the specific details of the summoning can greatly affect the experience, and some demons may be more adept or resistant to such magic than others. Occasionally, some demons may even relish the opportunity to interact with humans or other beings, particularly if they see it as an opportunity to sow chaos and destruction. Ooh. I, my mind is just racing with potential with this, like, stories and other world building, but like, I, I know I can't just, like, world build all of this uh no so we can't i'm curious like what race is most likely to summon a demon yeah i'm interested in the fact that the, that the summoning like some uh, some are resistant to this magic meaning your summoning may not work 
True. I'm going to guess it's goblins, but we can ask it which one is more likely to summon a demon. I'm curious. I'm, you know, this. it seems so so careful not to, like, uh, generalize any of these races or anything. Uh, so I'm curious how it would answer a question like that. It's probably going to say, oh, anybody can summon a demon. It varies widely. It's, it's about equal-ish, mostly. But then, but then I'll give you, like, an, ax an actual answer. It does tend to still give you an answer. It just gives you that paragraph <laughs> of, oh, you know, this, I'm not trying there's to variety and differences and stuff. I'm not trying to discriminate against merfolk or anything, but... But they, they are definitely the magic. most likely to summon a demon. <laughs> yeah. Any race with yeah. access to yep. magic can potentially summon a demon if they have the knowledge and skill to do so. However, summoning demons is generally considered to be dangerous and a highly taboo pro practice. Uh... The dark elves. Dark elves. There's, There's dark, dark elves? elves now. That wasn't a thing before. Um, dark elves, who are known for their mastery of shadow magic and dark arts, may be more inclined towards summoning demon than other races. Overall, though, it's important to note that summoning demons is considered a highly dangerous and ill-advised practice in most of Eloria, and is likely to be met with fear and distrust by most people. So. <laughs> It, it kind of seems like it's implying that dark elves might be the most likely to summon. But we don't even know what dark elves are. This is the first we've I mean, heard of them. wants to be like, are dark elves evil? It's going <laughs> to say, oh, well, there's some nuance to it. <laughs> All right. Are dark elves evil, as the name would probably imply? Uh, the dark elves are not inherently, not inherently. evil. There you go. But they are often viewed with suspicion and fear by other races because of their association with dark magic and their history of conflict with other races. So they, of course, they aren't inherently evil, despite the fact that they are literally called dark elves and are known for their history of conflict and summoning demons. Yeah, but like... They and they're often suspected of plotting against other things and stuff. It's uh, but you know, like all all races, they yeah. It's based off of experience and life and choices you make. Society doesn't make you evil; you make yourself evil. At the core, it's like yeah there's some good ones but generally this race is viewed as more evil than others same with the goblins in fact it seems like these guys are seen more evil than the goblins are yeah i mean the goblins you at least have your separate societies where some of them are, will be more evil than others some of them uh will actually live some of them some of them will actually live you know good honest lives and be honest citizens and everything and then you've got your other group of goblins in a different society that are constantly thieving. Goblins also have like this advantage of that they make you things too. So they're very good at like making potions and stuff like that and other useful things. They're like the uh, scientists so of this world. Yeah, so you're more inclined to be accepting of a, a race with negative notations on it than if they're like really good at building things you know not to make it realistic but it's kind of like our view of like germans coming back after world war ii we were more inclined to accept them because they were smarter than 
uh, the average American. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where else do we want to go with this? Uh, so there's still a bunch of other races. We kind of talked about demons. We talked about goblins. Uh, we were going to talk about, um, some of the political, like what's, I want to know what type of, uh, policies the government makes that people are unhappy with. What type of policies does the government implement that the people of Valoria are unhappy with? In the world of Valoria, the government, like any government, there are policies that people may disagree with. Oh, okay. Magic regulation. The government may have strict regulations on the use of magic, which could limit the freedom of magicians to practice their craft in the ways they see fit. This could be seen as infringement on individual rights and could lead to resentment among the magical community. There's tech. Ooh, there's military conscription. This in this world, people are required to join the military for a certain part of their life. Wait, okay, so there's another one. It says discrimination. If the government enacts policies that discriminate against certain races, religious uh, religions, or other groups, it could lead to widespread resentment and unrest. Wait, it says could. I thought these were supposed to be like policies that it did. Here are a few examples of policies that could. Oh no, these are. Wait, wait, wait. This is. Here are a few examples of policies that could potentially be controversial. No. I want to know, has it done anything that has caused controversy, controversy and has upset the people of Eloria? Because this government is too perfect. Okay, okay, calm down. Uh, just simply <laughs> ask it, which of these has this government done? Or actually implemented, maybe. Part of me hopes it's military conscription, because that just sounds like a fun addition to a, a magical world. As an AI language model, I do not have access to the specifics of the policies that the government of Eloria may have implemented. You made Eloria! You should know! <laughs> what the heck? What? Like, it's, it's sitting here like, oh, I created Eloria, also, I do not have access to the specifics of the policies of the government of Eloria. Wait, I'm sorry, AI, why is this the line AI? Why won't AI... Could you world build us some of the government's policies? <laughs> Ask it to world build us some of the government's policies and see if that works. I'm gonna say please. <laughs> You're gonna add manners yes, in it? Yes. <laughs> sure. I can offer the awesome. examples of the government of Valoria might have implemented. Might have! Might have implemented! No! I want to, yes, definitely, absolutely implemented this thing. And look, it's bringing up magic re- restriction, or magic, uh, registration. You have to register your magic. Tithing. Why would I call it tithe? What is up with this and like the connection to like uh we we did last time the, like the Catholic Church and stuff like that. Oh, this is fascinating. Okay, I actually kind of just want to read them just so people on the other side can see what they are because there's some really fun ones here. So there's magic registration. So in order to ensure that magic is used responsibly and that those who use it are held accountable for their actions, the government of Aloria, we're just going to say it does require, this is canon, just accept it, it's, it's being difficult, requires all magicians to register with a central authority. Failure to do so can result in fines or even imprisonment. 
um, tithing, the government may require all citizens to give a portion of their income or resources to the state as a form of taxation. This could be a flat fee or a percentage of their earnings depending on their income level, so it's based off of income level. Military conscription in times of war or crisis, the government may require all able-bodied citizens to serve in the military for a certain period of time. This could be seen as a necessary sacrifice to protect the nation, but some citizens may resent being forced to serve. Fair. Race-based quotas as an effort to promote diversity and equality, equity, not equality, equity. The government of Alora may mandate that a certain possessions of government positions, education spots, or other opportunities be reserved for members of certain races or ethnic groups. This could be seen as necessary to correct past injustice, but others may argue that it is unfair to discriminate on the base of race. And then, why is this so realistic? This touches too close. I, I think and it's because it's just pulling from real-world politics. Like, it, it's I, really I think it's struggling to create its own world, and so it's just making this massive amalgamation of uh, a bunch of different real-world elements, or it's pulling uh, fantasy elements from different worlds, different world-building just all combining it into one and it can't it really struggles with coming up with its own unique uh ideas yeah like environmental protections is the last one which is the government can enact policies to protect the natural environment of aloria such as limiting the use of certain resources or imposing fines on companies that pollute this could be seen as necessary to ensure the long-term health of the planet but some citizens might argue that it places an undue burden on businesses or restricts or restricts their personal freedom like a lot of these are it really is just pulling from real world political issues it's it's literally just saying okay so environmental protection we got uh this group that says um that we should protect the planet uh because of climate change and stuff then we got this group who's saying oh no these restrictions are putting uh hindrance on small businesses and the economy and everything hey where have i heard this before yeah i was thinking mostly of like race-based quotas uh, which I have thoughts on, but this is not the podcast for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could go into that, but I'd rather we not. I'd rather we not start a fire war in the comments. <laughs> comments go like ahead, guys. Leave in the two- comments your ideas of race-based quotas, purely uh, based in a fantasy world, uh, not gosh. in the real world. <laughs> Okay, hopefully, um, you know what? Comments, all comments, uh, help the YouTube algorithm and help the skip video to reach more people. So, go ahead and start your fire wars, I guess. (laughs) I love a good fire world. If someone responds to said comments, no, it's probably not Isaac, and it's probably me. (laughs) The (laughs) channel responds. Anyways, uh, so what did we go based off of, like, all of this? So tell me more about these race-based quotas, ChatGPT. <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like to know more about the racial discrimination in public office. Oh, no, God. no, we're not doing that. Um, no. Are the quotas based maybe, off of the actual representation of the nation, or is it based off of like this ideal you have of just wanting more we're avoiding it. representation? Okay, okay. okay, I'm thinking maybe. <laughs> uh, tithing or military conscription and i also thought about the magic registration but i feel like this the way that it's talking about magic registration and the restrictions on magic earlier is this is an analogy for gun control 
<laughs> is that's, that what you're getting from that's this? honestly what it feels like especially when paired up with everything else that it's doing which is clearly based okay. off of real world politics let's let's see if it's really based off of real world policies ask it if there's a way to get out of military conscription okay there's an I there that does not belong. No. It's a coin scription. <laughs> it's a coin subscription service. <laughs> yes. All right. Is there a way to get out of military conscription? Oh, yes, there is. There are, there may be some ways to avoid military conscription. Why is he, like, avoiding accepting that this world is its world? Like, all of a sudden, it's gone from, like, oh, I'm world building this to actually I'm not really. I'm mm -hmm. just giving ideas. And it was a weird switch. So, it looks like the classics. Yeah, medical exemption, conscientious objection, financial exemption, uh, deferment. And then, of course, in the time of war, the government may be less willing. You know, the suggestion of war suggests, suggests that there's more than one nation. Are there other nations than Aloria in this world? Okay, but I'm also... We'll ask that in just a moment, but I'm also looking at financial exemption. It says, in some cases, a citizen may be able to pay a fee or bribe a government official to avoid military service. However, this, this would likely illegal. be illegal and could result in severe consequences if caught. So, yeah, it... So, like, you could bribe a government official, but this is one of those instances of, No, no, Iloria is too perfect for that. You'll find, like, one in a hundred government officials willing to do it because... Uh, they have systems to boot out all of the corrupt people. Can you tell that all we right. don't like perfect governments? We think they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like we need to, like, clarify that, you know, I'm happy that there's a nice government out there in existence in someone's fantasy. But they are so boring to live in and to world build with. Alright, are there other nations aside from Aloria? Yes, in the world of Aloria. Uh, there are are likely to be nations and civilizations beyond the borders of Eloria. These are other but nations. But the world itself is called Eloria. Yes. And then there's the nation of Eloria. And these... Again, it's the specific nature depends on the world-building choices made by the creator. You are the I, creator. Uh, yeah, it's just like it totally forgot that it's the one world-building here. So, but we do have like all these fun worlds now. Uh, which I'm scared to look up the names of to see what they're based off of us. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I want to look up the, these uh, worlds because we right, found some weird things that it was basing stuff off of before. Uh, such as the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. So the Kingdom of Thalissa, the first one is a seagrass known as Ticklegrass. Oh, and it's a maritime nature. Uh, that's funny. It's a maritime nation of sailors and fishermen. That's Lies to the east of Aloria, they're known for their beautiful coral reefs and underwater cities, and often it ate exotic fish and other sea creatures with the people. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, okay. That actually kind of makes sense. Okay, name works. I like the name. That's yeah. a good name for it. Uh, Gornia? Gorgonia. Gorgonia. I think it's. I think it's pronounced Gorgonia. The M, and it's an empire. Okay, someone's stuck in the the land of sea creatures because it's a uh, it's a genus of soft uh corals. Also known as sea fans. Yeah, this just says that it's a, mil a powerful military state to the north of Aloria. They have a well-trained army and strong navy. And, and navy. Are, there oh, it is. There, yep, there you go. That's something, but... 
Uh, they have disciplined soldiers and advanced weapons. Wonder how advanced. Then there's the Republic of Erysia. Oh, this is like based off of a another, like someone's made fantasy world that they put online. Ah. Okay, so this says a land of scholars and intellectuals that lies to the west of Eloria. They are renowned for their, their libraries and universities, and often send their brightest minds to study in Eloria's prestigious magical academies. So we got, uh, so far we've got uh, the fish people, the big strong guys with the big military, and the smart people, and the final one is the Confederacy of Thieves. Okay, Odyssey is from a video game, by the way, but it's not very strongly connected to, to like, intellectuals. It's more military-based in a video game. Alright. So I don't think that it's really basing it off of that or stealing from it or anything. Uh, yeah, and then I think Confederate Thieves is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. It's a loose alliance of pirates and bandits that operate in the southern seas. Their fear for their ruthless tactics and their ability to strike quickly and disappear without a trace. Are the confederate of thieves considered evil? <laughs> I'll stop. I'm sorry. I mean, they, stop. this one, they literally have thieves in the name. So... Alright, so... Is the consider is bleh, Is the confederacy of thieves evil? It's just defining it again as a most loose well, alliance. Well, give it a moment. Goodness. Uh, they're seen as a threat to the safety. Uh, they're known for ruthless tactics. Uh, they are viewed as a criminal organization. They wouldn't be considered... They, And as such, they'd be considered evil or at least highly problematic. But of course, the Confederate thieves may have their own reasons for their actions, and they may see themselves as freedom fighters or rebels fighting against the oppression of ruling powers. What oppression? This world is too perfect. I I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to fight in the government. Who knows? It sounds like normal pirates. Ultimately, whether or not the Confederacy of Thieves is evil would depend on one's perspective and values. Some people in the world of Valoria may sympathize with their cause and admire their daring exploits, while others may see them as a grave threat to the safety and stability of the realm. Does <sighs> the AI view them as evil? Like, can we ask it specifically, do you view them as evil? Oh, it, it's an AI. It's not allowed it to have could... these opinions. I know, but I just... <laughs> it's bugging me. Alright, do you view them as evil? As an AI language model, I don't have personal views or opinions as humans do. My purpose is to provide information and questions and answer, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you created the world of Eloria as well as the Confederacy of Thieves. So you can decide whether or not they are considered evil. I apologize for any confusion. As an AI language model, I did not create the world of Aloya or the <laughs> Confederacy of Thieves? What? So did it just admit to plagiarism? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So, so where did these ideas come from? Alright, so where did these ideas come from if you did not create them? As an AI language model, I was trained on a large data set of texts from the internet. The information and ideas I provide is based on patterns associations with the data set, uh, and I'm not and not on any personal experiences or creative words. imagination. The concepts and ideas related to the world of Aloria and the Confederacy of these were likely derived from various sources within the data set. I mean, fair. We noticed that. Okay, so, uh, can you give an example of a few of these sources? Oh, you're trying to see, like, what it pulled from? I want to know where it's pulling all this information from. Wikipedia. That's where we get all <laughs> our information from. Like, this was not the original goal of, uh, using this AI, but, oh, it's moving slowly. Uh... <laughs> It'll get there. Is it okay? I don't know. It... Uh, hopefully we didn't break it! <laughs> It's still going, it's it's figuring it out. Oh, it's so the data set that I was trained on consists of a vast collection of texts from the internet, including books, articles, websites, and other sources. It is difficult to pinpoint the specific sources that may have contributed to the ideas related to the <laughs> world of Aloria and the Confederacy of the Thieves. As the data set is vast and diverse, However, it is likely <laughs> that <laughs> we're inspired by various works of fantasy literature, movies, and games, as well as real, historical, and political context. That was difficult for the AI to <laughs> spit really out. That was really painful. <laughs> was it okay? I don't know. Are you okay after that? I want to like ask the AI if it's okay now. Are you good? Looked like you were struggling there. <laughs> I, I oh, mean, do we want to ask it that, or we do? We want to grill it even more and see if we can figure out the specific locations that it's stealing from. <laughs> Where are you plagiarizing from? Ask for example for uh, ask for it to give you an example of one of the fantasy movies it drew from. Like be specific in that sense. All right, so give an example of uh, give a specific example of one of the works of fantasy you drew from. As an AI language model, I don't have access to the specific information about which works of fantasy contributed to the ideas Lord relating the to the world Harry of Harry Potter and Game of the Thrones. I'm sorry, I just skipped ahead. Uh, I, I, I'm getting point to the point where I think I'm trained to just skip its, uh, its required paragraph to remove it from any consequences of the things it might create, uh, and jump straight to some of the ideas are uh, popular fantasy series such as Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Game of Thrones. Yeah, these are, this is what it's saying are, po are possible sources, but it's not able to yeah. confirm anything. Well, let's, you know. I, I'm disappointed with this AI, because, like, it's admitting to plagiarizing at this point. And it doesn't even know what it's plagiarizing. 
Like it really. Uh, well, I mean, are we surprised though? No, because I, 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 we already knew that it was just combining a bunch of different elements from other sources, and it couldn't really come up with anything unique, uh, all on its own. Although I will say, um, it has done a pretty good job of keeping the world consistent, like its magic system and uh, their species the and races within it. Because we made some really suggestive questions related to the government, and it stayed firm in its belief that the government is perfect. So, yeah. like, kudos to it on that. Yeah, like it did a good job uh, keeping everything consistent and stable in that sense, but it's just that in many areas it's not that interesting and honestly i think that if you were to try and create a world out of this there's just so much world building it would take a long time to explore it all within a story because there's a lot of races within this world with all their different cultures well, should, and societies should we, should we finish off then by asking it to make us a story that we can read all right write me a story based on in the world of Laura. Oh, there we, oh, once upon a time, my favorite starting to end. <laughs> there lived a young mage named Kiel. He, do we want to go like back and forth in paragraphs before you know we get started here? Establish that. Go back and forth yeah. in paragraphs. Like you read, I read a paragraph, you read a paragraph. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm not great at reading out loud. I could just read the whole thing. That's fine too. Okay. Anyways, all right. Once upon a time, in the world of Aloya, there lived a young mage named Kaylee. He was a member of the Mage's Guild and had a natural affinity for fire magic. Uh, oh, that's like, oh, and his natural oh, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> and it. his natural affinity for fire magic made him one of the most promising students of his class. One day, Kiel received a summons from the Magic Guild. They informed him that a group of rogue mages had been causing chaos in a nearby village, and they needed Kiel's help to put an end to it. Kiel was excited to prove himself and set out on a journey immediately. As he made his way to the village, Kale encountered a group of travelers who warned him about a dangerous gang known as the Confederacy of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> they told him that the thieves had been targeting travelers and were rumored to be in league with dark forces. Kaylee thanked them for the warning and continued on his way, determined to complete his mission. Upon arriving at the village, Kaylee found that, ooh, that the rogue mages had taken over the local tavern and were using their magic to terrorize the villagers. Kaylee quickly sprang into action using his fire magic to die drive the rogue mages out of the tavern and into the streets. As Oh, look, someone else who likes to burn taverns down. Mm -hmm. That's enough for my own heart. As he battled the rogue mages, Kaylee suddenly found himself surrounded by members of the Confederate of Thieves. The thieves demanded that he turn over all the valuables he had on him, but Kaylee refused. He knew that giving in to their demands would only embolden them, and he refused to back down. Embolden. In the ensuing battle, Kaylee... Yeah. Right? I, That's the right word? I, read I, I don't word. think I've ever heard the people use that word like emboldened that's just not something you know. hear that often i've heard it plenty anyway interruption over i uh, continue okay in the ensuing battle kaylee found himself fighting for his life against the skilled thieves but he refused to give up channeling all of his magical energy into one last powerful blast of fire that incinerated the thieves dang well the threat wow. of the rogue magics and the confederacy of thieves neutralized kaylee returned to the magic skill proud of his accomplishments the leader of the guild praised him for his bravery and skill, and they offered him a position as one of their top mages. Kaylee accepted the offer, and from that day on, he continued to use his magic to protect the innocent and bring justice to the land of Aloria. So, outright just murdering people is considered <laughs> justice in the land of Aloria? I thought that the I thought that you know the tale of the Confederacy of Thieves 
could be seen by some people as a positive group working to fight against the government in like a more positive light don't you think it would have been fair to ask them and like get their motives before you know you just incinerated them yep okay you know what i'm gonna ask it uh tell <gasps> me the same story <laughs> but from the perspective oh, nice. of the Confederacy of Thieves. Oh, oh, this should be fun. Alright, All right. I'm ready. As, as the, oh, you're gonna do this one? Sure. Go for it. As the night settled over the city, the thieves gathered in their hi hideout deep within the labyrinth. Labyrinth? Yeah, that says labyrinth. Labyrinth sewers. Yeah. That that's new. Drog, the leader of the Confederacy, addressed the group. We've got a job, boys. We need to get into the royal palace and steal the heart of Aloria. The royal palace. What happened to the tavern? Just, just keep rolling with it and let's see okay. if they end up in the tavern. Uh, the members of the Confederacy cheered, and Drog continued. I've been studying the place's defenses, and it's well guarded. But there is a secret entrance that leads to the throne room. We need to move quickly and quietly before the guards catch on. The thieves nodded in agreement, and Drog handed out assignments. Gorik, you'll be responsible for disabling the security systems. Halia, you'll create a distraction. The rest of you will keep me and the heart and es will no, the rest of you will help me and get the heart and escape. With the plan set, the thieves made their way through the sewers to the palace. As they approached the secret entrance, they saw the guards were high were on high alert. But the distraction Halia had dr created drew attention away from the entrance. Gorik quickly disabled the security systems, and Drog and the others made their way to the throne room. Wait, security systems? What? I, I don't this know. is a fan. This is like medieval fantasy, isn't it? What kind of oh, security I, systems I do so. they have? I don't know. That's a good question. Do they have like laser? Tripwires or something? Uh, so this is not the previous story in The View of the Thieves. No, it's not! I would like to know if that they survived this story. Uh, the Heart of Aloya was a magnif magnificent gemstone, pulsing with magical energy. Uh, as Drog reached for it, he heard a noise behind him. He turned to see the prince standing in the doorway, flanked by his guards. Drog knew that they were outnumbered and outmatched. He made a split-second decision and reached into his pocket, pulling out a small vial of poison. In a swift motion, he threw the poison at the prince's face, blinding him. The guards rushed to the prince's aid, but the thieves were already disappearing into the night, the heart of Aloria in their possession. As they made their way back to their hideout, Drog smiled to himself. They had done it. They had stolen the most valuable object in the, in the kingdom. And with it, they would be unstoppable. Great story. Not what we asked for. But no, that's it's not. And also, this sounds like the first chapter to a much larger story. Doesn't it? It's like, it's he's a, talking it's about a, how they'll be it's unstoppable. A good like, it's a good start chapter. Like, what are they planning on doing with the heart? Like, what's going to happen to the prince? Is he permanently blind? Is he, like... <laughs> Like, you what about uh, his guards? Were any of his guards captured? Or, like, I feel like there's more to the story that we're just not getting told. 
I mean, that's, what did you expect from an AI? A full book? I want to read a full book today, tonight, to be honest. So I'm kind of glad it's not. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely not the previous story with Kale. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. You, you pronounce it Kaylee, and, but I think it's Kale. Which, yes, that's a food, but. If I pronounced it wrong. Do we want to end it there? I mean, there's a lot of world no, building I, left out. No, I still I want I want it to give me the first story, the perspective of the of the thieves' hat now. But I'm just trying to think like how to reword it so that it would do that. Uh, I've got an idea. Just copy paste oh. this story. <laughs> okay. And then say, write me the following story from the perspective of the uh, Eve's no it's the con it's uh confederacy of the con the confederacy of thieves I spelled thieves wrong you got this Alright, now let's see what it does. I'm glad it's taking a little bit longer. That's a better sign. Okay, so far it's just giving us the same story as what I put in. Oh, word for oh, word. oh, oh the Confederacy... We've got something different. Okay. The Confederacy of Thieves had been watching Kale's progress in the magic skill for some time, and they saw an opportunity to profit from his mission. They knew the rogue matches were powerful and could be a valuable asset, so they decided to intervene. As Kale was making his way to the village, a group of travelers warned him about the Confederacy of Thieves and their dangerous reputation, but he was determined to complete the mission and brushed off the warning. The thieves have already infiltrated the rogue mage's group and were waiting for Kale to arrive. Uh, they made a deal with the rogue mages to join forces and take down the young mage. Kale arrived at the village and quickly found the rogue mages causing chaos in the local tavern. He used his fire magic to drive them out, but he was met with a surprise attack by the members of the Confederacy of Thieves. The thieves demanded that Kale hand over all his valuables, but he refused. Kale was a skilled mage and was not intimidated by the thieves. He fought back with his magical energy, but he was outnumbered. The rogue mages saw an opportunity to take Kale out and launched a powerful attack, but Kale was able to dodge it just in time. In the chaos, he saw an opening and used his fire magic to take out the rogue mages and several of the thieves. The remaining thieves retreated, and Kale was able to complete his mission. He returned to the mage guild, but he never forgot about the confederacy of thieves and their treachery. Kale's encounter with the confederacy of thieves left him with a sense of unease, and he knew that they were still out there, planning their next move. Kale vowed to use his magic to protect the innocent and keep Aloria safe from the threat, no matter what it came from. You know, I was hoping for something more gruesome, this, but that's fine. This really felt like it was mostly just rewording what I put in. Like, this wasn't really from the perspective of the thieves. All it really added on was they were watching Kale for some time, but beyond that, yeah, they weren't. It, it didn't really change the story. I think what we've learned from these two weeks is that we really don't have to worry about at least this particular AI taking our writing jobs away. I mean, maybe not for the next uh, few years, at least. Yeah. In a few years, I who knows? I mean, think about how bad AI Dungeon was just a few years ago and now we've got AI that does this yeah but I think the biggest fault with this is that it is restricted like it's restricted itself it's put boundaries it can't offend anyone it has to constantly put little paragraphs it has to filter itself in a way 
Uh, I'd be fascinated to see what, like, this AI, but the filters take, like, taken off. Like, if it was given permission to actually just build things and create things uh, as it wanted, instead of having to say, oh, it's your world we're building, I can only do it based off of your questions, off your prompts, uh, what it would actually do. Well, there is actually uh, an AI. I believe it's still by OpenAI, same people who do chat GPT, but it is unfiltered. Oh. Yeah. And so we could go and start talking to that AI and it could give us compare. Yeah, compare it and it'll give us things that uh might be a little bit more controversial and uh maybe <laughs> even stuff that's not YouTube friendly. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to have some serious editing skills. You're saying I might have to add it, add it ex extra. I think it'll be fine. Uh, it just w probably I... won't include the oh, this race does this. However, uh, there's all this yeah. nuance to you this know, race, and I think it might make it worth it just to get rid of those paragraphs we have to read. <laughs> I mean, I I haven't used it before, but from what I understand, it uh. It doesn't really act like a person that you're talking to, like this AI does. Um, oh. Uh, but, you know, I don't know for sure. Again, I haven't used it. But that is maybe something that we could try out. Yeah. Maybe. We might do, like, a normal... It's our uh, two-year anniversary next week. So we might actually build, like, a normal world for that uh, instead of playing with AI, even though... Uh, most people don't know this, but AI is the reason that we started this podcast was because one of the first videos I did with Isaac was for my own channel and it was AI Dungeons. Uh, and we had a fun time building in that aspect that we started doing it every week and then made a podcast out of it. That was back when AI sucked and it was hilarious. Oh, I miss it. I will link that video in the description if you guys want to like go back to memory lane. Keep in mind, uh, my audio is Badish and Isaac's is like trash in that video. He didn't have a mic at all, and I had a really trashy mic. Uh, but <laughs> so just keep that in mind. It was two years ago. It was a different time. Uh, but the story itself is good. I full it's fully uh, drawn. So I did drawings for all of it. So it's an awful lot like the shorts that we've been posting on YouTube, um, in that style, but an entire full length video. In that style. So. But it was yeah. absolutely so hilarious. I, it was a good time. Yeah, it, it's we uh, one of my favorite videos. We went on an adventure and fought a dragon and killed it in the most. Uh, I'm just gonna say the We're dumbest way. I'm not gonna tell you how, but it's We're the not... dumbest way possible. Watch like, it, yeah. Whatever way you think the dragon was killed, you're wrong. You're wrong. Like... You're so <laughs> very wrong. Also, uh, you can find out why I you learn. It's one of the first experiences on YouTube of Isaac's fascination with lava lamps. So that's fun. I mean, how much have I really done on YouTube involving lava lamps? A surprising amount. On my channel, at least, like my gaming channel, there's at least two circumstances of you doing lava lamps. Yeah, there was the one where I, uh, I did the lava lamp in, uh, what was it? Yeah. Draw IO? Or... Yeah. Yeah. We're getting off topic. You guys don't care about this. So we're gonna sign off now. Uh... But yeah, so join us next week where we'll be celebrating our two-year birthday. I don't know what that's going to look like. We'll figure that out then, but we'll see you then. Bye. It'll be something special. Goodbye. <laughs>
No pressure, Isaac.